You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Now serving number 34. And this, folks, is how we're going to start Geekiest Show Ever, because we're going to be talking about servers. Um, it's just Melissa and me today. Um, we, if we'd be, uh, we're recording on Labor Day, and uh, we were going to re- originally record on Sunday, but then... Um, my family was home, so I said, hey, can we move it to Monday? Because uh, yesterday, Elisa would have been at a uh, Peter Frampton concert. But, you know, she said uh, for this one here, uh, she couldn't be here tonight, but she just said she wanted to listen to us talk about servers, uh, media servers and um, uh, file servers and such and our experiences. And so it's just going to be Melissa and me talking about this today and our experiences with stuff. And we each kind of have our own uh uh, take on this stuff uh, on different things because basically Melissa you said you wanted to learn about the, the Plex server and I've had one mm-hmm. running for a few years and then uh, we also were going to talk about um, uh, file servers because uh, I, I uh, my son uh, and I worked out an agreement we traded some stuff so I got his uh, 2011 the last uh, g- good uh, Mac Mini before they went and neutered it and then brought it back again. Is it a 2011 or 2012? What's it it running? 2011, uh, I think it is. Uh, I'd have to check and see. But yeah, I think, so. like I say, it was the last of the four cores before they changed (laughs) their mind last year or this year. So we swapped it around, and so I've got that running with a Plex server on it. And then, um, like I said, I kind of had a, uh, I run uh, a program called Tonito for my, uh, uh, file uh, server so I can access files outside the home. And I was kind of concerned because every time I would run it, I was getting that, uh, I forget what the message is, but basically it's saying it won't run when uh, Apple, the next iteration of uh, Mac OS that comes out in, what, a few weeks, I suppose, uh, where they're going to switch over entirely to 64-bit programs and keep saying this uh, one won't run. Yeah. It's not optimized. Right. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was in a bit of a panic, um, and I was running around. So I tried, because I like, I don't do it a lot, but it is nice to have. I wanted to be able to access my files from, like, say, outside the house. And um, so I tried running own cloud because I heard a lot of people talk about it. Well, that's a Linux program. The only way I could run it on the Mac was to run it, uh, as a virtual machine, well, I could I could get that to work, but I was just probably me being stupid. I couldn't figure out how to get to the files on the Mac to share them and all that kind of stuff. And at some point, I threw up my hands. But after yeah. a l- wasn't too intuitive, huh? Uh, no. Uh, and like I say, maybe I was being a little thick too. Uh, but after a little digging around, uh, I figured out, and I'll share this tip for people. Uh, for those who don't know it, now i got to find it here. But if you go into your uh, uh, the Apple menu and then you go into System Report, and where is it here? I think it's under Software. Um, I'm looking for it as we talk here. I should have had this lined. Oh, here we go. Legacy Software. You click on that, and it will tell you what programs uh, are not going to be supported. So mine is... Uh, uh, the ones I have listed here is Text Wrangler, which I haven't used for a while. Um, I want to follow along as the system preferences. Yeah, and then uh, report, and then you go down to software, and then down to legacy software. And, and it, system preferences? 
No. Uh, go to the, okay. Let me start over. You mean here. like a, in the about this Mac? Yeah, about this Mac, and then go okay. s- system report. System report. Oh, okay. System report. I got yep. it. Okay. Yeah, and then down to software, <laughs> and then legacy. Legacy service. software. Okay. Awesome. All right. Cool. And that will list the uh, programs that you have uh, that will have issues with the. They're all thirty-two bit programs, okay. in other words. So yeah, like I say, mine is text wrangler, and we knew that. The one that uh, we've been kind of, uh, the three of us have been kind of sweating is uh, Ecamm Call Recorder that oh, we use for yep. recording this podcast is going mm-hmm. to have issues. Um, and then, like, I got down here, and so this Tonito uh, software is written by CodeLathe. And if you scroll down, it does say Tonito, but what it, the problem that it's having is the uh, FFmpeg uh, movie player is the 32-bit. The rest of the software is fine. So that's where I was getting the not optimized. And I don't play movies from my Tornado server, so I'm fine because it will still work. Um, and then, uh, like I said, I got a few others in there. My Apparently my photo backup, my Google photo backup won't work. Hopefully that'll uh, get fixed. A few, oh, Levelator is the other problem that's going mm-hmm. to be yep. an issue for a lot of podcasters. We're going to have to hopefully maybe somebody will bite the bullet and update it, but we'll see. Um but you know, what about remote support? You were going to talk about that a little bit later, but any of it, while we're looking at this list, uh, I teleport is one that I've been using, and that's going to be, I guess, deprecated or something like that. Yeah, that's not going to work. Uh, I use make sure I get it right here. It is uh, come on, it's a Google Remote Desktop. Uh, mm. So you use it from within your browser, and so uh, and that one doesn't seem to be. Uh, that doesn't seem to be popping up here. Now, like I say, the Google Photo Editor, uh, or Google Photo Backup is an issue, but I don't see anything about that one on there. Uh, so that one seems to be okay. So uh, how about I start describing uh, Tonito first and what I like about it. Um, like I say, basically I was just looking for something that I could share my uh, – my files outside the house. And this one is pretty simple. I mean, like I said, I struggled with uh, own cloud a little bit. This Tonito, they have uh, Windows, Mac, and Linux versions. You install it on your computer that you want to act as your file server. And then you just um, uh, point it to your files, or it goes and finds the files on your computer. Like for the way I've got my uh, server set up over there, I've got about three different external disk drives with uh, split up for music and pictures and movies and that kind of stuff. And so it'll find all them, and uh, it'll do all the work. Uh, you really don't have to it, – it's not very hard to set up at all. And then you install uh, an app on your phone uh, or your tablet or whatever. Again, uh, iOS and uh, Android is supported, and I think Windows Phone. Uh, but you just put it on there, and then you just uh, – Hit the app, and then it'll ask you, you, you know, you basically you uh, register a, a name. You, it'll walk you through the whole process. And it's not very long. It's about, I want to say, five or six steps to do it. Uh, it's not terribly difficult. Um, so you log into your app. It'll ask you for your name, your server. So it has an HTTP address with your account name in there. And so you type that in and your password. And then uh, it's, it's a real simple app. It'll just bring up... Uh, um, it'll go through, and you can tell it to index certain files. So you can have it index your pictures, your music, and your videos, and that will be in four dedicated uh, 
uh, or three dedicated folders there. So if you're just looking for music or photos or video, you can just uh, go in there. But then it'll also have your files. So if you want to scroll through all your menus and uh, all your file trees and find what you're looking for, uh, I don't know if there's now. Any... Then you hook this up to your TV so you can watch these movies. Uh no. This is uh, see. I'm, uh, there's two different things here. You got Plex, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you could uh, on your phone. Uh, it, I don't think there's any way you can hook this up to your TV. Um, uh, so this, so the use case scenario for this would be when you're out and about and you want to, yeah, access it from a mobile, either an iPad or an iPhone or an Android device or something like that. Yeah, and like say you want to download it to your iPad or your phone or whatever and watch it uh, when you're away. And uh, so one of the things I like to do is kind of like compare it to this is the role your own way of doing things, you know, using an actual client or a server tool. And then what is it that you're kind of trying to replicate? So it sounds like a little bit of maybe Dropbox type of a thing. Yeah, Yeah. basically. And they do have a sync client for um, uh, Mac and Windows. So you can install it on the different computers that you want point it to uh, a file or several files, because I got it pointing to a couple different files. And so it will sync all those folders. So if you drop a folder into one, it will be uh, mm-hmm. dropped into the uh, copy to the other folders too. So you have, okay. it, that is the Dropbox capability. And that was one thing that we'd kind of teased the last episode that I was getting mm-hmm. a little annoyed with Dropbox, because uh, I do like to be able to, I use Dropbox you know, uh, for kind of the way that I was, I'm using Tornado here, that you put files in there and you can be able to access it from anywhere. Well, now Dropbox has said you can only, unless you pay for a yearly subscription, um, mm-hmm. you can only have three devices hooked to your uh, Dropbox account at one time. Well, I have yeah, more that's than... It's yeah. a little too easy to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This I, is Mike we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, I've got... Five six tablets. I mean, alone, not counting yeah. computers and my phone and everything else. So, um, you know, that was starting to irritate me. And so, like I say, uh, I will st- I will still have my free Dropbox account because we use it for the show for uh, yeah. podcasts and stuff. But I it think serves its purpose for a use case. It serves purposes, and I will also use it. Well, I can also share files from this tornado server with people so i could send you a uh, email you a link or put it even in the text and so and i've done that before um i would take pictures of events at school and it used to be i would first of all uh, before the first thing i would do is burn them to cds uh well that got kind of clunky well then i would put them on jump drives and i'd always chase people down get the Mm -hmm. jump drive back then it just got easier here's all the photos I email them a link. They can look at the photos that they want, download the ones that they want, and then when they're done, I can just cancel their link and done. So like it I say, sounds like iCloud. So it's just a link that you're emailing, and they don't have to have a Tonito account, and they don't have to log into anything. No, no. So it's a public website kind of a thing. Um, uh, something along that line. Uh, I should have tried this before. Um, like, that would be an interesting experiment. I would like to see. I'm I'm always, you know, because we're geeks, I'm always thinking about sure. tinkering with that stuff. I like to compare apples to oranges, like literally. I, I would like to put, I would like to put Tonito and iCloud toe to toe and see how they compare, because there's limitations. I guess like you can't download it unless you have an iCloud account, but 
for example, I'm thinking of a use, use case scenario where I'm on an iPhone and I have family members on an Android phone and I want to share pictures. You know, we go to an event together, kind of like similar to what you're explaining. How are we going to share those pictures? Because, you know, it gets to be the point where there's video and there's our phones are taking higher quality images. So the files are larger. Gone are the days when you could just email 10 pictures and have them actually fit through that pipe. <laughs> now it's like, eh, no, sorry. So there's got to be a better way. So I'm wondering if you put them in a in a folder on Tonito and shared that folder link, then does it expire at a certain time? Does it? Uh, you can the- you can have it either. I think it'll go through uh, some check boxes here. Um, and- that would be a neat spreadsheet to make to compare those two. And then, and then, of course, there's the cost. So, what did you find when you were comparing Dropbox? So, the features that this has, you can find in Dropbox, but you were saying that you have to pay in order to be able to be able to do those things. But Tonito isn't free, is it? Yeah, it's or free. Or is there a free part? No, Tonito. Okay, so all, I'm, I'm looking at the pricing. And I'm wondering what's the free part. Uh, all of Tonito is free. Uh, it used to be that it was a, a you know you paid for it, but I think what they're doing is they're using this as uh, for the home user. Uh, it, uh, all of this is free, uh, and I mean it's it's. Uh, I think it's it's relatively basic. I mean you can share file, you can you know share files, download your files, whatever. Uh, I mean it's not overly complicated. They used to have more apps in here, but they've kind of taken them out, and quit supporting them. So it's just easy uh, file serving. Um, and uh, so you can just – but it's free, and I think what they're using is as a lure. They also uh, – the mm-hmm. code lathe also has um, uh, file cloud, which is their professional uh, file serve. Uh, you, know, uh, you can either roll your own, have it on your own uh, uh, system, or you Kinda can – Kind of like Plex. Yes, or you can get, mm-hmm. cl- uh, uh, get space from them in the cloud to do it. Mm-hmm. So that uh, – I see. So that's how they're doing it. But like I say, I think just to uh, um, uh, for people to use, uh, I think this is just their way of doing it. While we're talking here, this is why I'm a little distracted, I was going to try and just send you a link to like a photo of mm-hmm. some sort while we're talking here. Hopefully I can pull this off. I'm looking at the file cloud by code lathe site for pricing and it looks like they have uh it's kind of broken down into two separate things. There's file cloud server and there's file cloud online. So the file cloud server is what you're talking about. It says self host on premise and then the file cloud online is hosted by them. Right. If it's self host File cloud server, according to this, it says that the standard is four twenty a month. It says it's billed yearly at fifty dollars a user per year and a minimum of twenty users. It says you can try it for free, but then you you know, you get all the features and then I don't know what happens after that. It doesn't really say right. Yeah, that's the paid part, and like I say, Tonito is their free part. And I think for the average person, uh so I just uh texted you I, I found the picture that I had taken and I put it in mm-hmm. the uh, – it should be coming in on your phone. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I think if I was to email it to you uh, – but so I can share that photo that way. And mm-hmm. uh, I haven't really uh, – I, I, I should have got a hold of you. We should have had a play date uh, this weekend <laughs> and played around with this because I was thinking about uh, – Well, we could have a follow-up on sure. – we're exploring this now and kind of hashing out what it is that we're using and then – then uh, we can take some notes and figure out what we want to put toe to toe. 
Yeah, so like say, if you want to share a picture with somebody, um, so it has a uh, a simple and then a uh, advanced part to this. So you click on a photo. Uh, let me start over here again. So you, you pick a photo, let's say, and you uh, cl- uh, cl- click the uh, ch- uh, check marks next to the, the box next to the picture. And then is this from the Mac or on an iOS device? or this is, Right now I'm doing it on the Mac, but you can okay. do a lot of this stuff from iOS, Windows, uh, uh, Android. Uh, you can do a lot of that stuff from there. Now, uh, there may be on mobile it may be a little bit more limited i don't know if you can delete photos from uh the mobile mm. devices or not but you can share mm. them so you you uh you hit the checkbox and then this little uh menu will pop up you can open it you can download it you can add it to your favorites so you can get to it quicker uh you can rename it you can prepare the media i'm not quite sure what that is but then uh there's the share menu down here so you sh- uh hit that and um so the simple menu is share direct link. So it'll just put a link to that photo in there. And that's what I sent you. I copied that, mm-hmm. pasted it into uh, messages and sent it to you. And you, uh, I think the picture probably should yep. have showed up there. Yeah. The picture comes over. So it's not just a link. It's an actual picture. And then there's a link at the bottom you can click on. Yep. And then it opens basically up into just a, a simple website that, you know, so URL with, it has your name on it and then a bunch of gobbledygook after that. Yep. And then you can just zoom in on the picture, and, and it's pretty simple and straightforward. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, you can go into the advanced part of the share menu here, and then you can click. Uh, it can either never expires or it expires, and then you can put a date on there. So you can have, like say, if you only want it uh, for a limited amount of time, uh, you can just uh, it'll bring up a little calendar. You can click when you want it to uh, uh, expire. And then uh, on the share permissions, you can share with everybody – uh, or you can allow selected uh, users, and you can create uh, a guest account. Mm-hmm. Like say, I I I should have played with this more. So uh, now it's getting exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I think you so. Can... Their business model is, you know, they basically make money off the enterprise and the people who yep. want more features. But there's this free tier that seems to be working, and it's not like you hit you hit the bottom. You don't bottom out on any kind of like a storage. No, because you provide your own storage. I mean, so Uh whatever files you want to hook up to it, um, Hmm. you can do that. Uh, And then, like I say... um, Pretty cool. Yeah, um, and I should see, you know, uh, see if a person create a a guest account. I guess I'm looking... Or maybe if another Tornado user had an account and you wanted to share with them. See, I don't... Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is uh, something, you know, that I need another a person out there to experiment with and see how Oh, I'll, I'll be doing this later, sure. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, not going to do it right now, but yeah, no. I'm definitely going to be tinkering with this. Yeah, and like I say, maybe another Tenito uh, user so that, like I say, if you wanted to work on a, a project, yeah. what I'm thinking is, is if there was another, because there is a way to share it with a, uh, a guest. Uh, so that you can collaborate on. Yeah. The folder and the files in, in inside of it, kind of similar to Dropbox, basically. Yes. That's kind of my only other reference point. Between Dropbox and then there's Box, the only thing, so I've tried Box, and I keep thinking, well, you know, that's a similar kind of a thing. And depending on when you signed up for it, like I, I remember there was a deal where they were giving out 50 gigs for life, so I grabbed a bunch of those. And I have them, but there's a 250 megabyte uh, upload limit, so couldn't use it for the movies that I wanted to put up there. 
Right. Uh, but it'd be fine for small, you know, documents and things like that. Uh, yeah. So you can create a. Uh, now, I don't know how you share that though, but I. Can- you know, it's funny. I just noticed at the bottom in the banner, like the the images, as I'm looking on the Tunito website. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a cloud picture that has a bunch of icons in it. <laughs> they should probably update their website. In oh, the I cloud think. icon, I don't know if you see it or not, it shows like how it works. I guess I'm on the how it works page. Okay. And there's a cloud and it has logos in it. And in the logos are Mobile Me and Mosey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think they've updated it in a while. Yeah. But uh, like I say, it, it seems to work. Um mm-hmm. You know, it does what I want it to do, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. See, that's that's the other potential gotcha that that you always have to think about. That if you get your stuff in here, you're going to be able to get it out if they do go belly up. I mean, we don't. I don't know enough about it. Right. How many? How many years or how long have you been using it for? Oh man, six seven years. Okay, so it's, it's been, been around a for a while. Yeah, and like I say, they they start. This used to be their primary. Uh, you know, product, uh, and they had a lot of stuff. They, I mean, they had, um, at one point, they had a calendar. You could put notes in there. Uh, there was a whole bunch of stuff. But like I say, I think they wanted to move people over to the file cloud, the enterprise stuff, and they left this here as a way for people to kind of check things out, experiment it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a mea culpa for the uh, um, home users or whatever or whatever. Um, and so... Um, uh, I wonder if there's any way to kind of figure out like what's on the horizon for them because I'm looking through their website. Their blog hasn't been updated since 2017. Yeah, like I say, it's been a while, but <laughs> they the software seems to be running 64 bit. And uh, um, how often has it been updated? Has it been so? So that's a good thing. It'll it'll be 64 bit. When's the last time there was like an update to the app that you remember? I don't. Uh, I don't recall. Like, do they keep up with it pretty well? Yeah, I think it's may have been a few years, so you know. Um, but yeah, like I say, I don't, I, I haven't, um, I don't remember when the last time was. Uh, I wonder if it'll tell me here. Uh, general. Uh, it's just one of those things that that I would yeah. be considering as I'm making my list of all the pros and cons. Like, hmm, what's what's the future of this? If I go and put all my eggs into this basket, because I mean, it's a lot of work. Right. tinkering with these things and then you really kind of have to commit it is it is going to be an investment of time to roll your own stuff you know that's right. why people pay pay for these other services they don't sure. have to think about it but uh, then because they're paying for it then they're usually a little bit more stable and they're going to be around for a while right um and like I and say, that's not to say that this isn't supported monetarily. I mean, it seems like they definitely have a business model. That's for sure. I mean, it is a free service, and it makes you go, "Hmm, why is it, how how is it free?" But there's definitely a clear answer to that. I just wonder, is it something they're going to sunset? Is what I would be afraid yeah, of. Yeah, it uh, it may be. It's hard to say. Um, uh, I'm looking at their their about page here. Yeah, so the copyright was 2016. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the little details like that always make me wonder. Like, hmm, they don't have updated graphics. Their copyright is out of date. They haven't like updated their communications. I mean, their other products and services seem to be fairly recent. Like their Twitter page has has June posts, which is you know a little while ago, but still current and recent. But it just makes me wonder about this one leg of it. 
Right. Is what I'd be concerned about. But it's definitely something, I mean, if, if it works, it works. I just, I just don't know that I would like put a lot of stock into it, but it's definitely something that I'm going to want to tinker with and, and see if it's like a, just an easy file sharing service. Yeah. And like I say, for me, I, my demands aren't great. I don't, uh, you know, um, yeah. you know, uh, I might start sharing more with you guys through this thing just to see how it works. And, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you're going to be limited by your bandwidth, uh, wherever, you know, that was my next question. Right. So depending on your ISP, you might have a bandwidth cap. Right. So if you're doing this as your own server, I wonder what your ISP has to say about it. And, well, right. you know, it's going to depend upon your plan. I've got unlimited, so I just, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't uh, concern me much. And like I said, I just want something that, uh, uh, because, you know, the, the flip side of that, you put, if you, you know, do Dropbox, it'll sync back to your computer, but it's also in the cloud and mm-hmm. uh, the cloud gets hacked right. once in a while. Now it depends on how secure your server is and how secure their software is and everything. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I mean, yeah, those are risks. some considerations for privacy. Like this might be something for somebody who really wants to keep their files private. Right. Uh, and you know, not shared because, uh, you don't, uh, like say with Dropbox, there's, they're shared in the cloud because or they're stored in the cloud, um, because you can log in from any computer and download them. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I'm sure it wouldn't be coming from your computer. I'm pretty sure they're stored there. So, and like I say, I was kind of uh, miffed about the whole Dropbox. You know, they want you to pay for it. No, it you know, it, that's fine if they want to pay for it and it works for you. That's fine. But for me, uh, I didn't think. Uh, and what was the price? A hundred and something a year for Dropbox? I yeah, think. it's it's pricey. It's definitely one of the ones that's up there. Yeah. Um, and like I say, I just for what I need. This works, and I don't think paying for uh, Dropbox mm-hmm. is worth it for me. And like I say, it's got the sync stuff, so I can keep folders uh, synced uh, between my computers, and I can access them from my uh, my devices. Uh, and like, and I can share stuff with you guys. So you know mm-hmm. that works. And like I say, yeah, I guess I should be. But if it goes away, it's not going to bother me that much because I haven't put that much mm-hmm. effort into it. It doesn't take long to install it. Um, so you wouldn't want to like host a podcast on it. I mean, could you host a podcast on it? Could you host a website on it? Well, again, it's not exactly a host, but no, you wouldn't be able to host a website because it doesn't have that capability on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have to have a separate uh, web server installed and of some sort, and then mm-hmm. and there again too, you're going to be limited by your bandwidth mm-hmm. uh, and your speed and everything else. So, um, and I mean, if you had a small podcast that not many people listen to, you could, but uh, you know, if it became popular and your home uh, Wi-Fi or your, your home network gets starts getting hammered by lots of downloads, mm. that wouldn't be a, yeah. a good thing. But you know, there's. Uh, for the people who, uh, or like you say, uh, uh, if uh, I could, uh, if my uh, set something up so uh, my kids and I could share pictures back and forth with each other, you know, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But like I say, if it goes away, I don't have that much invested in it. Uh, I would just find something different. But it was like I say, it's a lot easier to set up. I was having problems with own cloud. I tried looking around to see if I could find something else out there, and you know, I guess you get what you pay for. I wanted something. Again, I'm not going to use it that much, so I didn't really want to pay uh, much, if anything, for it. And this was like probably the best free one that I found that I could use. I mean, own cloud is free, but um, uh, I was having difficulty setting it up because it just wasn't, you know, plainly mm-hmm. obvious to me. But um, 
So like I said, but this is cross platform, so you can host yes. it on a Mac or a PC or your kids, vice versa. You could each be sharing stuff with each other. and You don't have to worry about platforms. Right. Yeah. And like, uh, cause Ryan's got a, uh, my son has a, uh, um, Linux server, um, that he runs virtual machines on. So we could, you know, create a virtual machine of whatever and put this on here and be able It'd be to be cool for genealogy stuff. It would be. And I, and I actually get files. Well, yeah, and I've um, I I got my sister gave me some for uh, my side of the family, and I came across this uh, genealogy from my wife's side of the family, and I'm going to try and get this stuff together, and um, well, ultimately, uh, well, my daughter listens to this podcast, but whatever. Uh, I what I want to do is get a. a, a thumb drives and put all this information on there and give them to the kids so they have it so they have this mm-hmm. information but yeah. it would be nice to put it on um this you know uh, share it from here too if uh, people want to uh add stuff to it or whatever and you could create a separate folder so you could you wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily have people post, put stuff directly in the genealogy folder i'd have them put it in the folder i would look at it curate it it. and then Mm -hmm. file it so then i could make sure that you know follow something or there's a uh another genealogy i I don't want to take it on because i think that's going to be a huge thing but um there's another part of my mom's family that they've had a book for years that needs to be updated and that would be uh possibly a way that you just send out this link to people with a sheet and say here update your stuff Mm -hmm. put it back uh, you know put it in this uh put it back in this folder, this link or whatever, and then be able to update it. Uh, that might be, you know, some, uh, a possibility for, for some people, but, uh, and then how would this get backed up? Because if it's being, you're the server, basically you're providing your own storage, right? Then it's kind of like one copy there. Then are you going to make a backup of that whole hard drive, I guess, uh, or make hard, a clone or hard drives in my case, because like I say, I have three mm-hmm. separate ones. I just want a lot of space for expansion. Yeah, you'd have mm-hmm. to do something like that. Maybe you'd want to set up a NAS of some sort uh, and have you know your files backed up to there. Um, uh, all keeping it contained, and it's not in the cloud. It's all still right. Yeah, with, I mean with you. But then that presents that single point of failure issue well, if there's a fire or a flood or something. So well, what I do is for my pictures anyway, those I have saved to Google and Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, documents, um, uh, that's smaller. Um, and like I say, I should see how it would work. Um, I wonder if I could set up a, uh, you know, talk to my son and set up one of those sync clients and sync my uh documents which would be a smaller uh, mm-hmm. file there and then i would just have to figure out how to preserve my uh movies that i've downloaded and maybe that would be something uh, you know maybe it'd be a physical copy get a bunch of dvds i think they still sell them um i don't know if i trust dvds anymore because well, the, the temperature and the elements get to them and then they break down over time this is true but you know even if i copied them to a uh Another hard drive and just gave it to my son mm-hmm. for safekeeping or whatever. Or we figured out something where we could, you know, uh, mm-hmm. set up. Uh, and I don't think Tonito. I don't think Tonito would work for that. We'd probably want something different. But you know, something that we could um, have our own backups at mm-hmm. each other's place. That would yeah, probably yeah, be something be different. You know, something that would do incremental backups uh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't be 
using so much bandwidth. But um, like I say, this is something I've used for years. Now I may play around with a little bit more. Uh, and like I say, I may involve uh, you guys in this and just see how it works and what you think of <laughs> Thanks. it. Thanks. Well, well, I know you no, like I to dig pl- this stuff. This is cool. <laughs> yeah, I know you like to play with this stuff. And mm-hmm. like I say, um, yeah, the future of this is you know unknown, but I for right now I'm going to work with it. So, um, mm-hmm. but the other one that uh, you know we you, we also want to talk about a, a Plex server. Mm-hmm. That's where we meet in the in the middle, and then I'll talk about Apple TV on the other end of it. Okay, but uh, I did I did play with it a little bit, and um, I I don't have a Plex Pass, so I'm just using it for the free version, and I did install it today. And similarly to you, so you have a 2011 Mac. Uh, you have a, a Mac Mini. I have a 2009 iMac that's kind of sitting in a cabinet, and I mean it's it's too old to really do anything super meaningful on it, and it's only got a 60 gigabyte hard drive inside of it. Kevin's cringing right now, I know, <laughs> and because you if you know how these iMacs are built, I'm not taking that sucker apart. Oh. I upgraded the RAM in it, and I maxed the RAM out of it, but I was not going to take it apart to install in another internal hard drive. It just you know wasn't worth uh, it. What kind of processor does that have in it? Oh, I'd have to look it up. It's a it's a twenty it's a two thousand nine and it's running Yosemite. So, so it's it's like it's I think it's like a one gigahertz. I mean like a it's full not, core or two core? Mm, I two think core. it's probably two. I don't okay. know that it's four. Well, I'm just kinda asking because and I think that'll probably be sufficient, but you know, for like transcoding movies, um you want something that's got I mean, I know there are people that run it uh Plex servers off the of Raspberry Pi, but um mm-hmm. I think if you have a and I think that one you have would probably be sufficient. But like say It um, seems to be because I tested it out today. I threw a right. bunch of stuff at it. Well um I tried it out on both my twenty sixteen MacBook Pro and I tried it out on there and it just took it a little bit uh, there's like libraries and things that have to update yep. when it first gets configured oh, yeah. that took a little bit longer because it was older and slower but once it got up and running i was able to uh get to it from my apple tv using the plex app well the, so and, yeah. the, and like i say the other thing is for movies because you know depending upon what format you have them saved in it may transcode it to something else because you wouldn't need as big a file for like a mobile device or you know as high a quality because right. you're not mm-hmm. going to notice it so it'd probably transcode it down so you don't have to push so many bits uh you know around I, i'm at that. the point with it when it comes to like what my needs are i mean yeah i would love to have like stellar quality but i just have adjusted my expectations to suit what's actually the reality of it which is a lot of these videos that are on there are you know 15 20 years old <laughs> so they are really pixelated i mean these are you know when, sure. when we were kids and, and we got to watch our home movies it was on like the the reel to reel you know super eights and mm-hmm. you know it you got what you got and sometimes there was artifacting and things like that so the modern version of that is pixelation so there's unfortunately oh it, just, it breaks my heart there's there's this camera that we had our very first digital camera it was like a i want to say it was a nikon um, little silver jobby and it, it didn't have a lot of pixels but to us it was great at the time you know it was a, a gift to us from our from my in-laws but something happened it was uh you know i used it when my first was was a baby and i think it might have gotten dropped in a diaper bag or something or got a piece of sand in it we do live out here in the desert and there's this clicking noise <laughs> so there's a whole like batch of like hundreds of movies maybe it's not that many it just feels like it's that many uh many many little home video clips and of course they're only like you know 30 seconds to maybe like two minutes max because 
the little heart, the little, uh, uh, back then the little chips that you put in them were kind of expensive. So it was like, Ooh, two gigabytes, you know, and that would fill up really, really fast. But uh, a lot of these videos have this, this nagging clicking noise that I'm hoping someday I might be able to edit it out. But you can always tell which movies were taken with that. And so when, I, when I'm thinking about transcoding and things like that, I'm like, I'm not even really going to get too worked up about it because I know that the stuff that I have in there is going to look like crap. So it's, it's, just, it's one of those things that isn't, I'm not too picky about it. Now, if it's, um, if it's a movie that I've ripped that's a theatrical movie that I've ripped from a DVD that I own – then I guess yeah, I'm probably gonna wanna, um, I'm probably gonna wanna fuss over that. But I did, I did do that. I just, uh, I have a set of DVDs for The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and I ripped most of those and put those in there, and they looked, they looked pretty good. I, I thought right. they were decent mm-hmm. on on and, both the Plex and the Apple TV. So yeah, I was pretty happy with that. And one other thing I do, um, and I, I I've mentioned it on here several times before, and we won't get into it today. But um, I have a, a play on server, which is basically a DVR for the internet. So I buy movies primarily uh, Amazon and Vudu. You can go in there with this, and uh, basically what it does is it plays the movie and records it and creates a file mm-hmm. out of that. So I all the movies that I have bought legally. Uh, mm-hmm. um, through uh, Amazon and Vudu, I will record them and store them on my server. A, that way I don't have to, you know, uh, sometimes the internet gets a little choppy. You don't have to wait for it to buffer or whatever. Uh, and yeah, this, and you want to have your own copy of that because trying yes. to rely on even even something like iTunes, I'll never forget. Like I, I'm always hesitant of just buying movies through iTunes. Yes, that that is actually my my mo. I'm actually even more old school than that. I will actually like for Christmas and birthday, we always ask for whatever the Pixar movie that came out. We always ask for the DVD. We don't have a Blu-ray player, but right. we always ask for the DVD because I want the. I want the physical copy. Yeah, I could, it is one thing that I will collect. I, I don't like to keep a lot of the physical stuff around, but those I will actually keep around for quite a while. And then I rip them. And then we don't watch them with the DVD. Hell no. I'm not going to wait right. for all that. <laughs> so we rip them and then just put them on our, our what, what I'm calling a media server. Sure. And like I said, because, uh, you know, I don't always... Uh, these services seem fine, but maybe at some point they'll go away. Maybe there will be a legal mm-hmm. problem and you won't yep. have access to your movies. Uh, or they'll retire it. Yeah, that too. Uh, Disney, and I don't know, yep. depending upon where you buy your Disney movies, you could uh, you know, do it this way. It's, there's only certain things it works with, uh, but uh, the uh, the play on uh, software, mm-hmm. and it only works on on Windows, that is kind of a problem. So I have to have a Windows computer around to do that. I tried setting up a virtual machine in on the Mac to do that, and I was running into issues, and I said, screw it, I got my Windows computer over here. It wasn't worth the uh, the effort to try and do that. But um, like I said, I just want to be able to download it. And then the nice thing is, uh, if you want to put some on an iPad, you can just transfer them over there because uh, the Plex server is really good about different things because you can... Uh, um, sync stuff. You can create playlists of, and I I don't. Maybe I should play with that a little bit more. But you can uh, create uh, playlists, and then you can sync it to your devices. So uh, I got all my music on there. One part of it I have been uh, using a little bit more recently, just f- for a change of pace, because I use uh, Pandora and Spotify to stream my music. But you can. Um, 
set up the uh, Plex server so I can stream music from my Plex server to my device, or I could sync it and download it so it would be on my device. So I wouldn't have to worry about the, the streaming part. And it does do... Uh, I. It's sort of Pandora-like um, that you can put in... Uh, I want to listen to, like, say, Bon Jovi Radio, so it will get songs similar to Bon Jovi, and I think all they're doing there is just going, well, it's these kinds of genres, so we'll pull so other... it's an th- aggregator of some sort, some algorithm. Yeah, basically, because whereas Pandora, I think it goes a little deeper and says, well, and I don't know all the juice behind Pandora, but I think it's looking at, you know, maybe, uh, you know, this... Um, you know, maybe the 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 uh, beats per minute and you know other things, and I think there's you know they call it the music genome project. So there's a bunch of stuff that goes in there, and they do pretty good at you know predicting you know what you might like and on a playlist. But this one on Plex is it's like I say I think it's just going well. Let's play all the ones that kind of, you know are part of this genre or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's not bad. I mean, it kind of fits my mood, and it's all the music that I own. I mean, I own this. I might as well listen to this stuff. And there was a bunch of oh yeah, I forgot. God, I had that, and so you know it kind of jogs your memory. But yeah, so I can stream it now. The problem I have is I can't stream it directly. It's got to go through a third party because the way my internet is set up here at home, uh, I, I've read on the Plex site, and I think it has to do with a double uh, NAT table mm-hmm. network um, uh, address That'll table. Get you. Yeah, and I just don't feel like arguing with it to get that sorted out. So. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a hassle. It would stream faster if I could do that, but uh, hmm. it it does work. But uh, And so, again, you can access your stuff. And like I say, if I could get it to work, my son has uh, set up a Plex server. And th- th- now, do either of you have a, uh, a membership to this? I have a Plex Pass. My son doesn't. Um, but I just wanted the Plex but Pass. But you can add him on as a user, right, then, yeah. since you have we a Plex can, Pass. We can share... Uh, yeah, we can share each other's libraries. Like I say, if I could get the blasted connection thing to work out, but uh, <laughs> so it's only as good as, yeah. as your bandwidth on your network. Yeah, but and, yeah. and like I say, it's a problem with me. I don't think it's the uh, Plex software so much, and maybe there's a workaround that I haven't found yet. But uh, if you have a normal, you know, uh, internet setup in your house, it should work fine because it'll help you walk through and it'll test to make sure that you can access it from outside your house or whatever. But So uh, the pricing for the Plex Pass, I'm looking at the page here, it's it's $5 a month or it's $40 a year or you can get a lifetime pass for 120 it looks like. Yeah, and I probably should have just... Should have just gone with the lifetime because at this point I've had it for more than three years now. So oh boy, yeah, and uh, yeah, if you're getting that much value out of it, you might as well. Yeah, because there are um, I got to look up and see because I don't remember what all comes with the uh, um, Plex Pass. Um, there are you, yeah, you can designate users and things like that. Um, like there's parental controls. There's there's just like extra features. Yeah, and you get uh, early access to uh, um, to certain features. Uh, now this is one that has been around for quite a while, and I don't yes. see them going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I use I've been using Plex for a long, long time, uh, just not like as a, a server. I a friend had a server, and I would share movies and there was I guess a time or two I might have uploaded something and then 
I set it up a long time ago and I kind of like set up, set it up and then I kind of forgot about it. Like, I guess I lost interest in it. There were just other things that caught my attention. And so I was kind of revisiting it today. But the, the thing is that I had to, I have, I was comparing it against what's now my benchmark, which is the Apple TV. So, um, I'll talk about that in a little bit when you're Right. You're done. Tell me what you like about what, okay. what you like about your Plex server because you don't have an Apple TV to compare to, no, I but don't. you have other things that yes. you have used. And it sounds to me like you like Plex the best for this uh, purpose. Yeah, basically because it's all in one place. Uh, and um, I, I wish, uh, and maybe they'll do it. And I was trying to find some way to submit the suggestion. Um, but okay, so the. Uh, um, the uh, movies anywhere uh, mm-hmm. has yep. has kind of uh, put a kink in that a little bit because if th- what I was really hoping Plex Pass or Plex could do would be your everywhere you just go into Plex and you would be able to sign into uh, Vudu and uh, Amazon and Netflix and all mm-hmm. this stuff and be a, a, an aggregator it would be nice you know so um, or at least you know where you own stuff anyway you know. Um, so you got movies because I got movies. I think a, a one or two in maybe Google, uh, uh, one in Apple. But then I got a lot in Vudu. I got a lot in uh, Amazon, and I probably got some uh, one or two other places. It would just be nice because then I have to go. Where is this movie at? And like I said, that's where mm-hmm. movies anywhere is kind of taken uh, uh, diluted that part. Uh, uh, if Plex was to do it, but it'd just be nice to go into Plex and say I, I want to watch this movie. And it would keep track of where all my blasted movies are. I don't have to sit there and go, well, is it in Amazon? Is it in Voodoo? Where's it at? Um, so you just basically, you know, tell it to log into all these places. It would go in there. Oh, you own these movies. And then just put it on its its uh, screen there for you to watch. And same way with the, And there is no way to do it for that I know of for TV shows right now. But, like, say, if you own There a, is. <laughs> it's called an Apple TV. <laughs> yeah, but can you... Um, uh, but, so we might as well we might as well talk about it now because sure. now now that the cat's out of the bag, so I'm like trying to keep my mouth shut as you're talking about this. I'm like, oh, Mike, you got to get an Apple TV because uh, this is the thing that I was kind of disappointed about when I revisited. This. I was like, I was like, oh, well, can it do this? Oh, well, can it do that? And that's the thing that I was sorely missing was when I went to look through the TV shows, the movies. Yeah, sure. I I fed it my I have a so I told you there's a 60 gigabyte hard drive on the inside of this this iMac. So what I did is I hung a one terabyte and for right now everything fits on there pretty nice and neatly. I have I'm still organizing things and cleaning things up and getting rid of duplicates and things like that. But we have, you know, several thousand home videos that are, you know, just home movies that, that we shot. And then there's, you know, I don't know, about three hundred maybe of, you know, theatrical movies that have been ripped and stuff from DVDs over the years, and then our music collection that's been, you know, shared amongst family members and things like that. So everything fits nice and neatly right now on a one terabyte external drive that I hang off of this thing. So that's what I fed to both my Apple TV and I also fed it to the Plex server. So both of these, I'll say both of these systems. So the Apple TV is one system. And so you got to imagine it's the Apple TV interface, okay, the just like iOS on an iPad or an iPhone or Mac OS on your Mac. TVOS has its operating system and, and its interface, and you interact with it a certain way. But then there's also the TV app. And the TV app is doing what you're describing. It is like Movies Anywhere. In fact, because these have been movies that we have purchased uh, 
there was a time when I when iTunes and movies anywhere was like linked or something. And I just got an email not long ago, and I should have read that more in more detail, and I'll have to report back on that because I think they're making changes again. But there used to be a time where if you went to the movies, do you, I don't know if you remember this, where if you took pictures of your tickets and you submitted them to their website with this like code that you would get, you would get to redeem that movie. Like, it, like the, let's say we went to go see Star Wars. If we submitted the tickets first, the Star Wars movie that we saw, it would be available as a digital version in our Movies Anywhere collection. And uh, currently, that is in sync right now. Like I said, I think there's been changes in the past, and I think there's going to be some more changes moving forward. I don't know exactly how it will affect it, but that was the thing that I was missing out on when I went to look in Plex after I fed it my whole terabyte hard drive with all of my ripped DVDs and all of my you know personally curated stuff. It didn't bring in any of the I'll call it the cloud stuff. You know things that I've purchased through iTunes or through this you know Movies Anywhere service with the movie ticket thing. None of that was visible at all. Like it wasn't even an option to be able to pull it in at all. So it's like there was just a wall between those two services. So that was a bit of a of a downer there. And the interface again, when when you um you got to go check out an, an Apple TV or one of these days I'll do like a video demo for you. I did take some pictures that I'll I'll send to you. The interface itself, like when I'm on the Plex server. Now you were talking about doing playlists. Now, that's definitely yep. something that you can do. Again, that's a lot of work. That's a big investment of time to go through and sit down. Now, I will say that I think this is a recent thing because I heard I heard somebody else talking about it and I installed it today. Have you installed the Mac Plex app? Not the server, but the, the yeah. actual Mac app. Yeah. So it used to be that you could only do all of the stuff in a browser window. So you you know you had to be on the on the internet using your web browser to do it. Now they have a, a shiny, sexy Plex app that that can manage all this stuff. So I imagine if you were to compare, say, the Plex app with iTunes, it's you're kind of dealing with similar things. So in iTunes, you can you know change the genre. You can add the genre, of the year. You can add all those little details in there to the that get fed into the XML file. And you can make playlists. And so it's all about the sorting. It's all about search and sorting and playlists so that when you want to say, like today when I was testing out, okay, I wanted to look at home videos of my kids. And I wanted to say, okay, show me uh, my second son's first birthday. Well, you know, his is like, you know, how many hundreds of, of videos that I had to scroll down for. So I realized that I need to do a little bit more work on that end, whether it's Plex or whether it's iTunes. I need to go and tell iTunes which of those videos are birthday videos, like first birthday. You know, I need to do some keywording. I need to feed it a little bit better. I need to give it a little bit more information so that I can feed my own personal algorithm. Because then the thing that you can do with an Apple TV fourth gen is you can use the Siri remote to do a voice search. So just similarly, like you can do on an, on a Fire TV, this is really ro rolling it your own. So let me back up a second. So if you can imagine, I've got this 2009 iMac, right? It's this old 10-year-old. I mean, we're talking this is a 10-year-old machine that I've been able to repurpose. I've got a one terabyte hard drive hanging off of it. And I've got uh, whatever the latest version of iTunes is that will run on, on Yosemite running on that. Now, one little glitch there I will say in mentioning that is that the version of iTunes that's running on that Yosemite machine is older and not, I think we're up to like version 12 now. So it must be like 11. When I, luckily I didn't get too far into it, but I was going to try to do one of these things where I, I made a copy of that entire iTunes library. 
And I was thinking, I'm going to put this on another one terabyte drive and plug it into, say, my Mac, my, my, my MacBook Pro, that's my 2016 that's running the latest stuff on it. And then I'll be able to more quickly and more easily get through all of this uh, data processing that I need to do with it. But then when I went to plug that same hard drive back into the 2009 iMac, it said, uh-uh. You, thou, you shall not pass. You cannot open up this iTunes library because it was made on a newer version of iTunes. So, so that's something to consider if you're going to be repurs- if you're going to be working with older machines and repurposing stuff. That there is going to be some amount of legacy stuff that you have to deal with. Now, uh, I will say with Plex, they do. Uh, I think my machine made the cutoff. I want to say Mavericks and on up. So Mavericks and the Yosemite. I guess eventually, you know, they'll update it and they'll probably cut it off at Yosemite. So I think I will be able to use this 2009 iMac for a little while longer with Plex if I decide that I want to use Plex for anything because the Plex server, not the the Mac app, the Mac app will not run on an old machine like that, but the Plex server will and it does. So that's that's what I've been using to to compare. So if we're just talking about working with older with older hardware and an older operating system, and running it through to a more modern, I mean, what, 2016, 2018? I think it was 2016 when I got the the uh, fourth-gen Apple TV. So, And that's hooked up to my nice big-screen TV, and I just run an Ethernet cable through the wall. You know, there's there's a vent that I ran it through and up, up around the back so nobody sees it. So it's wired. It's not even wireless. So if I'm comparing Plex versus Apple TV and a combination of using the, the TV app, I... And I know I'm biased because I'm really deeply steeped in the ecosystem. I really, really prefer the Apple TV over the Plex. It just does so much more. There's just so much more that it does. The things that you were mentioning that you wish it did, it does all of that stuff. You use the TV app and it hooks into, say, uh, we have Hulu, HBO, and then, you know, we share uh, Netflix and we share um, other like Showtime, like all those other a la carte apps, if you will. And even now, I don't have anybody that I share Amazon Prime, but let's say you have Amazon Prime that runs on the Apple TV. So let's let's imagine you have Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix, HBO, Showtime, any any of those uh, major networks that you want to mention that you have a la carte on there. You just install the app and you organize them, you know, in the way that you want them. They're just like in iOS, you you kind of click and hold and then it jiggles and you can move the apps around. So you get that all organized. So imagine you you turn on your Apple TV and all of your apps, all of your channels, if you will, are right there where you need them to be. They're just a click away. And if you're like super lazy like you're like I am, you can use the voice search to go look that stuff up. Now, imagine now that's just for like TV stuff for TVs and for for movies and music. All that stuff is is all in there. The only thing for you, I guess it would be lacking would be Spotify because they're I guess they're not in bed with each other. But Pandora runs on it. So you'd have Pandora. So you would be able to with an Apple TV, you would be able to have all of that stuff that you're talking about and be able to see any movies that you did purchase through a service provider. I I, well, I don't know off the top of my head if Vudu is on there, but like Amazon Prime, if you had bought, uh, like I bought like a long time ago, Blue's Clues off of Amazon Prime, and that shows up in my library. So all of that stuff would be interconnected, and you would see it all there within the interface. And then the TV app, it kind of curates it for you in a way. And like, so let's say if you were watching something and then your wife wanted to watch something and let's say you, you uh, stopped watching it in the middle of it, you got interrupted and you wanted to pick it up later, you could go back into the, the TV app and pick up where you left off. So that's really, really handy. And then on top of it all, 
you can still use Plex because yeah. there's a Plex app. And so it's like the best of both worlds and then some. So comparing the two, I, I still think that if you still can, I think I could get Plex with a lot of work, with a lot more work than what I would have to do with iTunes. I think I could get Plex to kind of do what I want to do, what, what I'm already accomplishing in iTunes. But again, like it's more work than I really want to invest. I could do playlists. I could probably name things a certain way. Um, but to be able to to look at the videos and, and the, the home movies and the theatrical movies like the and the TV shows, it's all segregated. It's all very nice and neatly separated into, you know, one click little one stop little clicks that I can get to, say, just TV shows. Or if I just want to go into home movies and I want to look for the birthday video, I can scroll through it and I could set a genre that, say, uh, in iTunes, I could specify each of my kids' names as a genre. And then I could say, okay, just show me Lucian's videos. Okay, just show me Keegan's videos. Well, or I can make a birthday genre and get to it. Or I can make a playlist and get to it. And then I would be able to use the voice search to do it on top of it all. Right. Whereas with well, Flex, it's like so much scrolling. You just no, can't get to what you want easily. Yes, you can. But like, so okay, you, you gotta how do put, you do it? you got to put a little bit more work in it. So when you create yeah. a library, because I've done this, because I have libraries. So, yeah, okay. so you create a library. So uh, – I have some uh we bought a some exercise equipment that I should maybe use but it came <laughs> yes it came with a uh DVD with uh, uh, -huh. uh videos on on showing you how to use the stuff well, I didn't want to mix it in with my movie libraries right, uh, right. or my regular movies so I when you go to set it up you uh, set up you create a different library so you know you, you have your standard libraries mo movies music photos TV shows whatever um mm -hmm. So you just go and create a different library. So I called this uh, uh, workout videos, I think it was, and so that would show up on your side in your Plex server. There, um, mm -hmm. I could so you could also create one for um, you know family videos. I created one um, because again I didn't want it in with my movies. I've got some music videos, um, um, like. Mm -hmm concert videos uh, that I wanted. Yeah. So uh, I created a separate library for that, so I can go in there and, and look for that. And then the other thing that you could do is uh, get, go in there and give them tags. So mm -hmm. you could tag the photos uh, or the videos, like, say, with whoever is in it. And then I wanted to mention about tags, too, kind of switching over to the photos part here. Uh, mm -hmm. So it will, you know, Plex will do photos, too. So I put my photos in there. And if you're uh, uh, a Plex Pass subscriber, it will take little thumbnails of your photos, upload them to a server. The server will uh, scan them for things, and then it will auto-tag them if you oh, tell it to. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that last yeah. time. Uh -huh. So it'll go through... Uh, like machine learning. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. So uh, let me just bring up a photo here. Uh, first one I come to is... Uh, um, wedding photo of my wife and I. So you click on the mm -hmm. little pencil, you go to tags. So the tags that it has for me and my wife, it says bride, wedding, dress, mm -hmm. coat, garment, marriage, clothing, love. It put fashion. all those in there. Yes. Wow. Uh, portrait, married, adult, people, veil, bouquet. So mm -hmm. you could go in there and let's say, you know, uh, I, I did it, uh, um, I was it sounds like Google Photos, kind of, huh? It does. Uh, you know, yeah. it's it's kind of generic. You gotta give them. You gotta give them like all your naked baby pictures and everything, though. They're they're gonna see them all. <laughs> well, unless you you know if you take them out and put them separate. I mean, you have to yeah. put all your photos. You can segregate them. Yeah. If there's you a lot to. of a lot of digital guarding that needs to happen sure. with these things. Yeah, uh, and then you can go in here and add 
uh, tags of your own. So, um, that's uh, cool. I wish to, and maybe they will uh, do it at some point, but it'd be nice to be able to group, take a bunch of pictures and do group tagging right now. Uh, unless I've missed something, I think you have to go, you know, each photo, but if you, if you do it on a Mac and you have oh, like, like tech, patch, yeah, yeah, you could, yeah, if you have, do it on a Mac and you have text expander, um, you could go through mm-hmm. there and just create some shortcuts to make, make it simpler. So you don't have to type in the whole stupid tag or does it do... I wonder if we do autocomplete here on its That's own. really cool. I mean, it sounds like they both do between if you're comparing iTunes on Apple TV and, and running it that way versus Plex. They do the same thing. They just accomplish it differently. Right. Um, it's still a, it's still an amount of digital gardening that you have to do. There's still weeds you have to pull. There's sure. still stuff you have to corral and get it into the buckets that you want it to be in so that when you do sit down that you can I- interact with the interface in the least amount of friction possible. No, the ones- Now, is there any kind of recording? Can you Is there okay. anything you can talk to for Plex? Uh, I don't do this because we don't have a lot of uh, – it, it has a DVR feature uh, for live TV. So mm-hmm. you get a, I did see that, yeah. Yeah, so you get a uh, – uh, a digital tuner you plug it into the usb port of your computer and you hook it to your this is for over the air uh stuff it won't work for cable or anything like that but if you're in an area where you actually have some over the air channels you can plug this into plex and you can um rec- uh you know watch live tv which is something that uh you know apple can't do so if you do mm-hmm. want to watch your live tv and if you want to dvr these shows well, I was able to do it. Like, say, for example, you know, when when the debates were on or when there's like news or something, I can go into the app for whatever that that streaming service is and I can watch it live. So, right. like, you know, say NBC, the all the network channels. So that's the same as like the over over the air stuff. And I could pause it. and. But I mean, it. like, say, if I wanted to watch local stuff, though, um, there's... yeah, there's a there's a PBS like we can get our local PBS here. I mean, I have two of those over there antennas and it could of course it's all location 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 sure. so where i am it's kind of crap like there's not a whole lot to choose from anyway so i wouldn't be dvring any of that stuff anyway and there's better shows that i would rather watch compared but, to the over the air but i can do that on the apple tv well yeah but see you have to have the app and a lot of those you have to have like a, a cable subscription to authenticate with them uh so if you it don't it goes through my internet cable subscription so it, it's worked for that yeah, but like say, if you don't want to, well, I mean, yeah, it depends on how it's set up, but uh, like us, um, you know, if you if we wanted to drop DirecTV, if we, our problem is, yeah, again, like you say, it's location. We aren't able to have, uh, uh, we don't have the capability of picking up all these channels um, mm-hmm. because we only get like one and the direction has, the antenna has to be in just the right place to do it. But yeah. if you are in a place and you don't want to pay for cable, but you still want to watch your television shows, um, you can use this to, uh, like I say, bring live TV into your Plex uh, mm-hmm. uh, server and wa- and then you can watch it on other devices or like I say, you can DVR it. And uh, I, I, Wish I knew more. I wish I could. I do have a tuner here, but like I said, I don't want to horse around the antenna trying to get a signal. But um, I wonder if you could watch live TV on like the phone or something like that. I'm not sure how well that works, but you could DVR it and then uh, stream it to your phone uh, mm-hmm. or your tablet or whatever or your other TV. So you could, uh, I think, by theory, have it set up so. If you wanted to watch live TV in uh, different parts of the house, you wouldn't have to have an antenna wire strung all over the place. Um, I think mm-hmm. you could just watch it from your 
your TV downstairs from your Plex server that's hooked up to the antenna and uh, and all that's that. what it sounds like from the description. Yeah, and so that would be one way for like say so you wouldn't have to have a whole bunch of antennas in the house or you wouldn't have to string coax cables around the house. You could just stream it from your Plex server to whatever device you want. And then the other thing I wanted to mention for the music, and I did have it for a while, but excuse me, I'm a little heavy on uh, music services, so I'm you know trying to cut down. Yeah, uh, you need to thin that out, huh? Yeah, and, and I, I have explained it before. I have Pandora because I like the music genome stuff; it predicts it well. And then I also have Spotify, and I'm keeping if Spotify because that comes with my uh, Hulu comes free with it. So you know, it's I'm just and Showtime. Um, and is Showtime free with that too? I believe so. We were looking oh. at the the student discount one, and it was all three. It was it was oh. Hulu, Showtime, and Spotify. Now, which is the one? Out. One of them you were kind of mired in because you had all your playlists, and you had done a lot of you know investment in making all those playlists. Well, was that, that was Spotify. That was Pandora. 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 Oh, Pandora. Yeah. So I've got yeah, yeah and and like I, said, I just like the way it works. But uh, Plex has this deal. If you have Plex Pass, you can get mm-hmm. the title music uh, uh, service. For nine dollars or well ten dollars a month, um, and the nice thing if you do that is it will go in and you can tell it using the title stuff. You go into your music library and let's say you're missing some albums from an artist, you can tell it to go in there and fill in those missing albums and you can listen to them. Um, now you cancel your uh, title subscription, you're going to lose those albums. No, oh, that's <coughs> excuse us. me. Um, but it is a nice way. If you want to listen to all the uh, albums from this artist, you can just have it, and it'll they all show up in your uh, your Plex server there. And I did that um, with a few of them. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but um, that is a nice feature. Uh, um, so, but um, yeah, I mean that's a nice thing to uh, to do. And you know, there's a whole bunch more features to these things that I, you know, we've kind oh, of lots scratched of stuff the, to play with. Yeah, and we kind of scratched the surface, and I f- almost feel like we ought to have a follow-up <laughs> part two. <laughs> maybe yeah. I will bite the bullet and maybe get. And the nice thing is, if I got a smaller Apple TV, I wouldn't have to get the big one because I could access the files through Plex. Oh so, yeah, I just have I just have the smallest one. I didn't go for the largest one, and we have loads of games put on there. I mean, the kids have games stored on there. We have. So many apps and fireplace apps and fish aquarium apps and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and I haven't run out of room yet. And the problem is I've got, well, I've got a Fire TV. I've got the NVIDIA Shield. <laughs> you know, I've got different ones here. Like, you don't have any, any ports left. <laughs> uh, no, I would have to do something. I do have a port switcher yeah. here. but Something uh, would have to make the sacrifice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I almost feel like there's going to need to be a follow-up. Like, say, you... Uh, Maybe sometime you and I'll have to have a tornado play date and just yeah, screw yeah. around with that a little bit. And yeah, that that looks like fun. I'm definitely gonna mess around with that, and I'm gonna try your suggestion with the tagging and the libraries and stuff, and see if I can't get Plex to to look a little bit easier on the eyes. Because yeah, just kind of. I mean, I kind of barfed everything in there, so it was all thrown together. I was like, oh, all the yeah. Lord of the Rings is with the home movies and stuff. Like, no, <laughs> well, just give uh, me the Hobbit, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and and the nice thing is, uh, yeah, you can you, you do. You have to organize it a little bit so it yeah. will be, but you throw it in there and then it will like you said it will download uh your your graphics your uh background your uh 
title uh, graphics or pictures or whatever. Uh, it will do a lot of that for you. And now sometimes it doesn't get it right. I have a few, like the day the earth yeah. stood still, there's the original and then there's the remake. I always have to go back and tell it to get the original. And there's mm-hmm. a few things like that uh, that you have to yeah, go back there Yeah, there's definitely a lot of it. that like prettying up work. Like I've had a, oh my God, I have a, I had a hell of a time trying to find the Lord of the Rings cover art because like I didn't want the movie poster. I wanted, you know, just the art that's on the DVD and I had a hard time finding it. But once I found it, then I was happy with it. And, well, and you what, know, they have to be certain so many pixels and all that stuff. Well, what you can do, um, yeah, uh, we're, we're trying to wrap this up here, but I was going to say one thing you can do is you go in there and you click on the the, the pencil and then you go into uh, – um, or no. On, in the Plex server, you mean? Yeah, in the Plex server, <laughs> uh, the three dots, and then you can tell it to fix a match, so if it's the wrong movie. Um, oh, okay. And then analyze, so you can – or if you want to, uh, you can just go and uh, – and I've done it a time or two because there's a few movies that you just can't get the graphic you want for it. You find it and drop it in there mm-hmm. and tell yeah. it to use it. That's but, what I've done on iTunes too. Um, but um, where there's a will, there's a way. Oh yeah, there is. Um, but, but this is the kind of stuff we love to tinker with. It's, like, it's yeah. just so much fun. So we, like I say, we kind of scratched the surface here. Um, Next time we'll talk about how to rip the stuff and how to get it in there in the first yes, place. Yes, um, yeah, because, uh, yeah, like I say, we need to wrap this up. Melissa's got time constraints. She's got to do things. But so, yeah, like I say, I feel like there's going to be a follow-up here. Yeah, we're, we'll talk about ripping. Uh, you play with the Plex server a little bit more. Uh, and like I say, you got questions, uh, and I'm by no means a complete expert, but I can fill in some of those uh, things or we can look it up. Um, and, um, and and like I say, I like the Plex server, and maybe I will you know break down and and get an Apple TV just in place because I do know a lot of the things you were talking about there. I do the digital concierge service. I think um, mm-hmm. that you can you know tell it to, and it will curate things, and I think it'll do things like well, since you watch this, maybe you want to watch this too. It'll make suggestions. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, so, you but know, wait until after September 10th to get one, though, because yeah. you never know. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's going to be our, our next episode. Um, Elisa will be back, and I think we're going to talk about what Apple has announced and um, if there's any surprises or anything like that. But, See how much uh, money it's going to cost, Mike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so next episode. Which uh, one of my kids are going to starve? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have that option. i got to starve myself or my wife. I don't know. <laughs> I love you, dear, but uh, anyway. Um, but Molly's got to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Molly. I'll feed her. And your cat's uh, pissed at you, so. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, next episode will be that. And then, like I said, I, th- I just have this feeling in a future episode, because uh, uh, like I said, I'm a big pr- uh, supporter of Plex, and you like your Apple TV. And I'll, we'll have to see if there's, uh, you know, some sort of meeting in the middle there. And I should play around with uh, photos and Apple a little bit more. I got them loaded into photos, but uh there's probably more I need to do with them, but, um, so much left to play with. Yes. So, but I think till next time, <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll wrap up here. So, uh, you want to tell people where they can find you, um, if they want to ask you questions or make comments or something. Or tell me which which one's better or what their favorite is. Uh, If you want to do that, you can reach out to me uh, online all over at the Mac Mommy, or you can go to my website, themacmommy.com. Uh, and if you want to write me and tell me that I'm full of crap and I don't know what I'm talking about, you can find me on Twitter at DSC Chipman, or I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. Um, 
And if you want to find out more about the show, head over to geekyshowever.com. Reviews and comments and iTunes are always welcome, and we thank everyone who does that. We hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have, and don't forget between now and next week to hug a geek. When The Rock is not making movies or laying the smackdown on fools, The Rock listens to the Tech Fan Podcast with Tim and David. Can you smell what the rock is 